And now Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based financial planning firm providing investment and planning advice since 1983. Doug is a certified financial planner who could answer your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now with your investment question at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA, Inc., investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA, Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 30 years. Well, good evening, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, and... This is Linda Lewis. Welcome to all of our listeners, and thank you for joining us once again on Money Money Matters. Matters with the Lewis family. So we're here to help you tonight. So give us a call. Call us at 919-860-9783. Call us with any financial question that you've got. And we hope that you've been enjoying this wonderful weather And if you're listening right now and you've got questions about your situation, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on the open line. Again, that number is 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, um, I I, uh, have just been enjoying all these interesting articles and so many of our clients that have been uh, calling as well as uh, many individuals that have questions about their personal situation. And one of them, one of the articles I saw, had to do with uh, it being best to learn to save early in life. You know, I am so happy to hear that, Linda, because for many, many years now, probably 25 years, we have been talking on this radio station, on this radio program about the problem, which we call financial illiteracy. Financial illiteracy is a disease, you might say, an epidemic, you might say, that has swept the United States, and it begins very, very early, so that people graduate college, they have no idea how to read their paycheck, they have no idea about the difference between a stock and a bond, a mutual fund, they don't know what an ETF is, they don't know anything about anything, and yet their financial future is the very thing that is at risk, and what we're seeing now is that studies are showing that young people who graduate in states that require personal finance education are better off with money than adults. So the question is at last being addressed, not at all significantly, but it is being addressed by certain states. Most states still do not require classes and courses in personal finance. Only 22 states across the country require students to take an economics class before they can graduate from high school. Well, the states that are requiring schools to teach personal finance slightly increased last year. They did get up to 17. So 17 states now are requiring 
that a course be offered, but only six states even now are testing students on that knowledge. You know, Doug, one report even released, uh, recently released by the Federal Reserve found that young people that are in these states that mandated uh, personal finance te- teaching had higher average scores by the time that they were 22. Yeah, and that's that is a it's sort of like a uh, a testimony that it works. It if underscores you start teaching. That's right. If you start teaching young children, one of the ways that they started teaching in elementary school third graders with jelly beans. But you can teach these principles very very early. And Georgia is a state that actually did it. They actually did it. The state of Georgia began requiring schools to teach personal finance. They have a year-long course, which was introduced in 2006. It covers microeconomics, macroeconomics, a personal finance. Students take a simulated stock market game that they play. They're taught about savings, insurance, and credit. So it's wonderful to think that at least a little bit is happening across the country, but we've got a long ways to go. And quite frankly, the certified financial planner is the one who is most qualified to teach these principles. And I am so happy that many of our clients recently have asked us if we would be willing to teach their children, and they have been asking if we will set up appointments where they send their their child or their children into our office, and we teach them the basic principles that their parents and grandparents have been learning. I think it's wonderful, and I think the the need is definitely out there, and it is uh, refreshing to see that there are uh, states that are responding to this need by providing uh, educational resources for our children at a younger age and also for our young people as they enter into college, teaching them how to uh, balance their checkbook and save their money for their pizzas and their movies, et cetera. It's happening. It's definitely happening. There is an awakening across the country. I know that you went to visit a new client of ours the other day who I think, what are they barely, they're not even married yet, are they? That is true. What are they, they in their twenties? Uh, yes, indeed. And, and they, it, you know, it underscores the need that, uh, it's never too early to start learning about money issues and, uh, financial planning in general as folks are, you know, as young people are preparing to get married. Um, finishing college, preparing for a career. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can call the open line right now if you have a question. Our number here is 919-860-9783. Again, all you have to do is call right now, 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, there is another, um, uh, portion of the you know of all of our listeners that we know it's best for women to build a nest egg yeah the question of women is becoming more and more a focus in the financial planning world for a number of reasons and for a lot of surveys that have been coming out there's a growing body of research that is now showing that women in particular lack the confidence to plan for their old age One study I saw said that 60% of women worry about having enough savings to last through retirement. You know, Doug, it it is true. And that anxiety is prevalent among women that are 19 to 50. 
And of course, retirement planning is important for everyone, but it's especially important for women because they tend to live longer than men and they earn less in some cases, but they need more. Yeah, and that is the the results that are coming back from these studies are showing exactly that. But now the good news is that young women have time on their side. Time is the magic that gives the confidence that you are ready for what life throws down in front of you. So the first thing that women need to do is to start early. I agree. Start early. A lot of people get wrapped up in picking the right investments, etc. But what's really important is first develop an overall picture of what's going to happen. Here you are at age 30, and here's where you want to end up at age 65. And another issue to remember is don't forget about Social Security benefits. You need to see how big your Social Security check might be in retirement. And the earlier that you start to save the easier it will be to build the nest egg that you need. So for women, I'm saying, number one, start early, and number two, maximize every dollar. In other words, participate in your retirement plan at work, especially if there's a match. Make sure that you're contributing the uh, amount to get the company match. And then lastly, of course, learn. Learn as you go. Once you're saving regularly, you've got an automatic plan set up by participating in your 401k plan and participating in what we call a pay yourself for a savings plan regularly, then you can start to fine tune the plan. And the most important thing is don't feel that you don't need a certified financial planner. You do. You definitely need one. And there's no too early to, to, to come in. We want you to come into our offices and get what you deserve, true financial education. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis's, Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. And if you'd like to schedule an appointment at Lewis Financial Management, call us at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Leave your name, your number. We'd love to speak with you about your financial planning issues, whether it's saving, your retirement plan, what about college funding, and definitely uh, estate planning and other issues that you may be concerned about in your personal life. Maybe you'd like to ask that question right now. All you have to do is pick up your phone and dial 919-860-9783. Again, that's our, stu- our number in studio. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises. Call right now, 919-860-9783. Doug, there also was uh, an interesting report on elder care costs that are climbing, that are very steep. That hit the news within the last few days. It shocked a lot of people. Of course, we've just finished mentioning the matter of children needing financial education. Yes, indeed. And then number two, women starting early with financial education. Well, this report had to do with another aspect on the other end, and this is elder care, and the shock was the median bill right now for a private room in a nursing home, $91,250 a year. That was the industry survey that was released just last week, $91,000 a year. So the question, of course, is, well, who's paying this nursing home bill? A lot of people believe that Medicare will step in 
and cover them. But that's just not true. That's right. Medicare will only cover short visits for recovery after a surgery, but not long-term stays in a nursing home. And I, I know about this. I used to work in a nursing home as a speech therapist. But often enough, senior citizens wind up spending spending down their savings until they hit the last 12000 And at that point, they can turn to Medicaid. And then, which is the government's health insurance for the poor to help cover the bill. Yeah. The, the problem, of course, is there wasn't planning. And so one of the crucial things that we do in our firm as a total financial planning firm, we cover this matter of are you prepared? Are you prepared for nursing home? Will you go ahead and be able to cover your own expenses? If and when it happens to you, do you need long-term nursing care insurance? Is there a way for you to go ahead and prepare for this? But total financial planning, which is what we practice at Lewis Financial Management and have been practicing since 1983, we make sure that we cover every one of your bases. And this, of course, was a shocker. When we first started talking about long-term nursing care, the costs were about $3,000 a month. Hundred dollars a day, thirty-six thousand a year, and now the median cost is up to ninety-one thousand dollars. So it is a crucial issue that needs to be addressed. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio six eighty WPTF. Call us at Lewis Financial Management, and we'll be happy to schedule an appointment to meet with you to speak about your financial planning issues, to answer questions that revolve around any financial planning issue in your world? Well, it's an interesting issue, Linda, right now, that a lot of people are overlooking giant threats to their finances. Now, before I touch on this matter, I think we have a call coming in from Rodney. Let's see what Rodney's issue is today. Rodney, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, Linda Lewis. How can we help you this evening? Oh, yes, Doug. Just interested in your opinion of a irrevocable trust for protection of assets uh, in case of a catastrophic medical event where um, Medicaid may be uh, useful uh, later on. Yeah, uh, I recently had a client, Rodney, that brought to me the same question in a little bit different flavor. He wanted to know what did I know about medical bankruptcy. And uh, there, and I did a little research to see where is he getting this term from, and I realized that there are people out there that are using this term. So, of course, I uh, I, I want to focus on the fact of protection. Protection is only going to be in a certain number of ways. If you set up a trust which is irrevocable, then you're putting money into this trust. Or you may be putting other assets into this trust. You're saying that you've given it away. So now, when you do a trust, you have two participants after you give it away. The income beneficiary and the remainder beneficiary who gets it at the end of the trust. So in your particular question, what kind of trust are you thinking about? Who's going to get what's in the trust at the end of the trust period? Are you speaking of my death or... Um... That's usually when the irrevocable trust ends. You, you don't have to. You can set it up for 20 years, for 10 years. A trust 
can be written any way you want. You're simply saying that I reverse the, I reserve, I do not reserve the right to change it. It's irrevocable. Right. So now, if you set up an irrevocable trust and you give, let's say, uh, half million dollars into this irrevocable trust, you have to say, well, okay, who does the trustee pay the income to? What kind of thought do you have there? Well, the, any income of the trust would just stay in the trust. Uh, well, you can't do that. If it's A trust has to have some provisions about what happens to the income. It's got to go somewhere. You mean at the end of the trust? No. No, right now, during the trust period. So if you say I, I, all the income that is going to be in this trust, is, it's got to go somewhere. It's got to be paid out. Okay, it can't just be added to the trust as well, part of the trust. Well, it's gonna, well it, it can get back in there, but first it's got to come out to somebody. And if you say it comes out to you, then it is going to be accessible by lawsuit. Let now, me ask you a question, the, Rodney. Do ahead, you man. have a trust set up? I'm in process. Okay, you're in the process of setting up an irrevocable trust or a revocable trust? Irrevocable. Why right. do you want to set up an irrevocable trust? Um, so that uh, assets that I have um, that I've put away for retirement um, are not going to be um, uh, seen by Medicare to protect because uh, I know we're going to have a, a catastrophic expense. In the future. Okay. Well, first of all, let me tell you that won't work. Whoever told you it will work, that will not work. Okay. And I don't, uh, so, and I don't think you mean Medicare, you mean Medicaid. Medicaid, correct. Right. Yes. All right. So, no, if you are putting money into this trust for your retirement and it's irrevocable, if it's, if it's irrevocable, the fact that you're going to go ahead and get it and you reserve the right to get it, then you haven't given it away. Well, no, it's not for my retirement. It's, it's so that, um, is it going to go to your wife after you die? No, um, no. It, it'll it'll it, it will remain as a trust and will probably de- be distributed at some point in time um, uh, by the um, uh, the one who who is who is working the trust for me. That's the trustee. No, the trustee, yeah. yeah, no. You, this will not work. And Medicaid looks very carefully at people who try to what they consider cheat. Right. And uh, we have been through a number of years of what's called Medicaid trust. Some attorneys later on got, uh, got in serious trouble putting trust in place, which they called Medicaid trust. Uh, right now, there's a five-year look back if you give something away. But the point is, Medicaid is a provision for the poor. That's what it is. It's insurance for the poor. So people putting things into a uh, a trust to say that if they go to a nursing home, they don't have any money to pay, they're poor, and Medicaid will pay for it. That one has been shot down, and that's very uh, – If you, by the way, jot down my office number, 919-872-7000. I've done a lot of work in this area. Rodney, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. How, how much are we – are you hoping to protect? How much have you got in retirement? Well, probably um, at the end we'll have probably a quarter of a million. Okay. And do you have any other real estate? Um, yes. Uh, so do you? Just a house. Just your home. Uh-huh. And what do you think the value of the home is, roughly? Um, probably uh, 170 And is there a mortgage still on that? 
No. Okay, so it's owned outright. And then do you and then do you have any personal investments as well as your retirement? No. So we're talking about maybe uh Oh, how old are you, Rodney? About, uh late 50s. All right. About four hundred thousand yeah. dollars of investment, and, and he's got—he's he, right there in that target where he needs to be concerned. Yes, the question is, can you protect yourself for nursing home costs? That's the first thing. I don't think you're talking about liability suits from lawsuits, are you? No, no. Okay, that was my my—the first comments were a client wanted to know about that. Okay, and there is a way to use an irrevocable trust in that case, but here there was another issue that you're talking about. The only two ways that you can approach this issue is, number one, to price nursing care insurance. That's called long-term care insurance. Right. I'm familiar with that. And the long-term care insurance industry is fraught with all kinds of problems. The premiums have gone up drastically. They have cut back on uh, the provisions they used to offer and so forth. But if we can't go ahead and afford long-term care insurance, then we have to figure a way to go ahead and approach it from self-insurance to be able to self-insure. It's so transferring al- the risk. If you're already um, retired due to disability, um, can you purchase? You probably can't purchase long-term care insurance. I don't want to say can't because I would have, I do a search. When I, when I look for a client, I do a search across the entire industry and see all of the uh, of the carriers. Uh, and, of course, there'd be certain medical conditions that would be asked and everything. But do call my office. I would love to meet with you and approach it more more personally so I don't divulge anything on the air about your own personal situation, right. obviously. Uh, but if you write, if you call my office, 919-872-7000, schedule an appointment to meet with me or meet with my daughter, Deborah, one of the two of us. We've been doing a lot of these analyses recently, and we have been doing searches. And I think you're wise to ask the question, but a trust will not work. That I can tell you. And also, it'd be good for you just to write down any specific questions about your own personal situation that you would like to address, you know, to get answers to. And if you have a- any questions about the trust that you're also... Uh, oh, I'd like to see the trust. Uh, don't buy, don't finish advised. the trust, but bring me the draft documents ahead of time. Okay. All right. I do thank you very much. All thank right. You for thank calling, you for Rodney. calling. Have a wonderful week, Rodney. Bye. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. We'll be happy to address your financial planning issues. That number to call in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. And if you need a second opinion about your financial uh, portfolio or your questions, like our previous caller, Rodney, call us during the week. We'd be happy to schedule an appointment with you. That's right. And our number in studio is 919-860-9783. It's exactly what Rodney did, and you can be next. Call 919-860-9783. You know, Linda... While investors are focusing on modest drags on their annual investment returns like fees and so forth, it has occurred to me that they could be overlooking big gaps in their financial plan that could quickly destroy the savings that they've accumulated. And I really think that this is something that needs to be addressed, especially in light of what Rodney just brought up in his last, in our last caller. You see, first of all, the two big things that are causing this is 
First of all, insurance. It's really hard to know right now how many families are underinsured, but the available statistics are suggesting that the problem is very, very widespread. There is an organization called LIMRA, uh, which is involved with the insurance industry. They say that American adults have an average of only $167,000 in life insurance coverage. Well, that's a big number. You know, I mean, that's not going to do anything. You imagine if someone dies and that's all the, the, that's left for their family to live on $167,000, that's a big gap. The second big issue, I think, is that 35% of individual retirement account owners, according to one study, have more than 90% in stocks and those in their 401k plans that include company stock have more than 80% of their money in their employer's shares. This is an extremely risky scenario. So we have these two giant risks that could smash the family's finances, underinsured and way too risky on investments. So the question then comes up, well, what's the, what's the blame? Where, how is this happening? Well, folks misjudge the risk. Right, right. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, to be, well, it's obvious that uh, folks haven't met with a certified financial planner. Isn't that true? And, uh, for instance, if you're in your 20s or your 30s and you have young children, life insurance might seem unnecessary because the chances that you'll die are slim. But if you're young... You should focus less on the odds of an early death and more on the consequences. How, you know, and you said this earlier, how would your family cope financially if you and your income were gone? That's right. In other words, young people don't think about the the horror scenario of death and not being covered by insurance. But on the other hand, it can wipe out an entire family's uh, security. So that's the first thing, the 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 misjudging of the risk. I'm glad that Rodney is not misjudging the risk, but so many are misjudging the risk of what about the disaster if I die? Now, the second mistake is the exact opposite. It's overconfidence. You know, we saw this during stock market boom of the 90s, the housing market boom of the early 2000s when investors made lots of money themselves. They heard about others who were getting rich, and they grew increasingly confident. So here we have confidence. Well, whether it's living without critical insurance coverage or whether it's making big investment bets, you can go years without suffering the consequences. But you know, Doug, uh, in one moment, all it takes is a bad auto accident or maybe a big market downturn, and then your financial progress might be set back. 10 or 20 years. So what kind of advice do you have about this? Well, yeah, my advice is spend more time thinking about life's nightmare scenarios. What would it mean financially for your family if you died tomorrow, if you lost your job, if you became gravely ill, if you suffered a long-term disability, if you got sued, or if the stock market and the real estate markets tumbled 50%. And that's exactly why you need a certified financial planner Every one of these disaster scenarios, we make sure that we cover with you in our offices when you meet with us. 
we want you to be fully confident that you are protected in all scenarios. We are, uh, we are practicing what we're trained to do as certified financial planners. So call us at the office to schedule an appointment, 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. Or you can call us tonight, 860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. And visit our website at DougAndLinda.com. And if you do schedule an appointment, we, uh, we will, uh, once you schedule an appointment, and you come in, we are offering three different books. One is The Middle Class Millionaire. Another book is The Wealthy Barber. And the third book is Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. Well, you're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. And if you've got a question, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on the open lines at 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Well, Doug, let's take a caller now. Well, Dean, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you this evening? I've got a couple of questions. What kind of cost are you looking at for, for financial services such as yours? Well, I never go ahead and mention advisory fees on the air because they differ according to clients. We charge at our practice. We charge by the hour. Some planners go ahead and give a flat annual fee. We do offer that to certain clients. Other planners go ahead and charge any number of types of either by the hour or by the quarter, by the month, by the year, by the plan, and so forth. But if you'll call the office during the week, Linda will go ahead and she can discuss that with you a little more. My job tonight is to really to sort of educate you as to what's out there and how a planner functions. Okay, good. good. The other question I had is about re- retirement. I'm sort of remiss in getting any retirement plan started. But uh, I recently uh, talked to an insurance agent who suggested that I or suggested a plan for me, and, and when he brought forth the plan, it essentially was a whole life policy, uh, and uh, investing a certain amount in that each month, and it building up over a period of time. Uh, and I really was trying to find out if there, you know, one is that is that a sound way to go about it? I mean, obviously, I guess I can use the additional coverage, but I feel like I have enough life insurance coverage. Life insurance is an arrangement between you and an insurance company that you will pay a small amount of money called a premium, as you and I know, and that at the time that you die, the insurance company will pay your beneficiary a whole bunch of money. And if you go ahead and buy a $100,000 policy or a $500,000 policy, and you go ahead and make the first monthly premium of maybe it's only $500, and you die the next month, then your wife won because she got a half million dollars and you only cost her $500. Okay, that's the gamble and that's called that's called risk management. That's exactly what it is legally. It's risk management. Interestingly enough, it is against the law in North Carolina according to the insurance commissioner's regulations to use the term investment with regard to insurance. One of the things he was saying was that if one it was would accumulate the money would accumulate tax when you think about what's accumulating in your insurance policy, what you're doing is you're paying more money than the real cost of that insurance, and it's going into an accumulation account that is cash value. But before it gets into that cash value account, first come the commissions that go out, then come the uh, administrative cost of running the insurance company and so forth. So that cash value, yes, you are able to borrow out your own cash value, and yes, it does accumulate tax-free, but my goodness, you, if, if your goal is to accumulate money, do it over in a mutual fund or an investment. Because the day you start to take money out of that insurance policy, out of that cash value account, you're basically taking money from your future widow. 
You see what I mean? You're borrowing from the death benefit. And if you borrow out long enough, you'll collapse the insurance policy. So don't confuse the two. Insurance is not a retirement vehicle. It's not an investment. So essentially, if I've got enough money to invest additional sum of money each month, it would be better off even if it's not a tax or maybe there's other way to do it tax-free. Absolutely. Tax-free. First, we do need to look at the risk coverage necessary and buy an in- inexpensive 20-year level term policy if we need to go ahead and have a certain amount to cover. But the amount of money for retirement, you need to put that money monthly into an investment program. But I just wanted everybody out there to understand that insurance is for death protection and investments are investments, and we shouldn't confuse those two. And if you have further questions, call the office in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. And we appreciate your calling. And visit our website uh, at com. Or if you have a question, you can call right now, 919-860-9783. Again, that number is 919-860-9783. Or call their office, 919-872-7000. Well, Doug, um, you know, we've been talking about financial planning, and our last caller asked about, you know, fees that uh, you would pay if you... If you work with a financial planner and uh, more recently in the media, we've seen that there are financial planners, but there are robo advisors. Uh, how does the person go about finding a financial planner? Yeah, I, of course, it's, it's very popular now in the financial presses, especially in the last 12 months, this matter of robots, uh, bot planners. Do you want brains or bots or both? Bots meaning robots, of course. All right. Well, I mean, let's just get the bots out of here. There's no such thing as a robot that's going to give you any comfort whatsoever. All right. The traditional financial planner, the certified financial planner, uh, he or she offers a lot of hands-on service. Now, the arrangement that is offered in many cases is for people who have a certain amount of assets, they need significant help uh, with not only accumulation, their investments, they also have other personal finance goals. Now, what I am seeing in the press shocks me when I'm hearing that some of these so-called financial planners or financial advisors are charging as much as 1% to 2% of the assets that you have invested. Uh, I think that's grossly uh overpaying and getting services that are not at all what I think you should do. But there is a growing demand for people who want personal financial advisors. And one study I said that I saw said that by the year 2022, the entire industry of financial advisors is going to grow by 27%. That's almost double any other profession. So the need is out there. Well, I would agree, Doug, and, you know, it's interesting that humans will be better at keeping people comfortable with what's going on when things get bad, and uh, consumer emotions affect financial decision-making, but reassurance is definitely hard to get from a robot or a computer. So people do definitely like the human aspect, and, you know, Doug, there are some tough questions that need to be asked of an advisor, aren't there? 
I, I think it's crucial that you should ask these questions. You should ask with regard to background and experience when you're interviewing who is going to be your financial advisor. You should ask, what is your educational background? What are your degrees? What are your areas of study? And are you a certified financial planner? What are your credentials? That's what right. about your background? Do you have anything, any uh, liens or bankruptcies in your background? That's crucial. You'll find that on different forms. You can go and find that by going to uh, uh, broker check. Broker or, check. Mm-hmm. But the, the second que- question to find out, other than background, is how long have you been offering financial planning services? You really want someone who's been doing this for a number of years. The third question that I think you should ask is, do you have clients willing to speak with me about your services? I think that's crucial. Now, when we come to the matter of services, the question needs to be, does your financial planning service include recommendations for specific investments or investment products? And will you only recommend traditional investments like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or will you also be recommending alternatives which are popular now? Another question, do you take custody or will you have access to my assets? I think that's a danger to watch out for. If someone's going to be taking custody of your assets, then maybe you don't want to give up that control. And then another question is, if you were to provide me ongoing investment advisory services, do you require discretionary trading authority over my investment accounts? And and this is a very important area, and you need to understand, and, you know, to, to many of our listeners, if you're out there working with a wealth management uh, advisory team, make sure that you're driving the car and not your advisor. Right. That's right, Linda, because once you've gotten clear on the background, the experience, the services, then you should also ask the questions about compensation. You want to ask, how is your firm compensated and how are you compensated and how is it calculated? And then lastly, of course, you want to know, is there an agreement, a contract describing your compensation and the services that will be provided that I will receive in advance And if you want to call my office during the week, I'll be happy to send you a list of these tough questions, which I think everyone should ask. That's your your right as a consumer. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. And thank you for joining us this evening. Call us with your questions on the open lines at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. And if you'd like to schedule an appointment... Call us at Lewis Financial Management at 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. And once you schedule your appointment, we'll be happy to give you one of three books, The Middle Class Millionaire, Wealthy Barber, and the third book is Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. You know, Linda, talking about the matter of fees and how much people are paying or what they're paying for, there was an interesting article that I saw in the Wall Street Journal that actually said, do you know how much you're paying? You know, ask me how much I pay in investment management fees each month, and most people will say, I have no idea. And that's because many financial advisors deduct fees from clients' accounts each quarter, but the investors rarely pay an actual bill. 
So they're just deducted. No checks are written. No credit cards are charged. So it's all too easy for investors to ignore the fees altogether, even though by law they have to be disclosed. So in 2013, LIMRA, an organization that I mentioned earlier, they actually took a poll of 741 investors and half of them said they had no idea how much they were paying in fees. And there was another study in in uh, last year by the Cirilli Associates. It's also a financial services research firm that showed that 25% of investors who use financial advisors aren't sure what they pay their advisor. So that's, that's really shameful if you think about it. Even when investors know their cost in percentage terms, let's say they know they're paying 1% a year for a fund, okay, for their investments. Well, rarely do they pay attention to the cost in dollar terms. Now, you know, if you think about that, if I own a million dollars in mutual funds that charges a 1% a year and pay a financial advisor half percent a year, then I'm paying $15,000 a year for advice. I mean, most investors spend maybe five minutes with their account statements, and all they do is check their balances. I will tell you, at Lewis Financial Management, we make sure that you know the dollar amount of your fees. We send you a receipt every quarter when you when you, when you pay your fee. We remind you it's tax deductible. You need to always know exactly how much you're paying and for what you are paying. And here we are at the end of... Uh uh, tax week, you know, a lot of folks are, are scurrying around trying to get their, uh, taxes filed if you haven't done it already. And in, in our firm at Lewis Financial Management, your financial planning fees are deductible. So if you, you know, are, we're not aware of that, you may want to check with your, your CPA or whoever's doing your tax returns and make sure that any financial planning fees that you've been charged, that they are deductible. And Doug, um, you know, I know you mentioned something about, uh, strange inheritances. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else. <laughs> On the estate planning side. Yeah, What's I don't know if anybody else saw it. Yeah, yeah, estate yeah. Planning. Okay, alright. I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I caught a glimpse of that TV show called Strange Inheritance on Fox News the other night on television. And it's really, it's an interesting Fox show. Business? Uh-huh. Yeah. The, uh, it's called Strange Inheritance, but what touched me uh, the one show I saw, uh, this, this guy had accumulated something like a hundred tractors. A hundred <laughs> oh tractors, okay? Uh, and some of them, a lot of them were- One an- is enough. <laughs> well, no, this was his accumulation, uh, oh. antiques and everything. It was right. his joy. Okay. And the show showed how at his death, there was a, a big dilemma. What do they do with these? What touched me in this issue, in this, in this show was many people accumulate all kinds of things, whether it be tractors, baseball cards, baseball cards, whether it be con, uh, Confederate, uh, uh, memorabilia. The point is furniture <laughs> and furniture. Well, here's my point. If you have a certified financial planner, that planner should be holding your feet to the fire and playing out all the what-ifs. What do you want to happen to your assets when you pass away? I was thinking as I watched the show, golly, if he had only played it out with his with his CFP, 
if, if I'd been his planner, I would have said, okay, what happens if you die? What do you want to happen to these tractors? Do you have any particular one that wants to go to one child or another? Do you care? Uh, let's, let's get down in writing what you want so the family won't be fighting over, uh, what do we do? And I think that's, that's missed so much in financial plan, in what's called financial planning. People focus on the investment side, but they really don't focus much on the estate side. And there is a day when you will die. And at that time, do you leave a mess? Or is it all taken care of and written down on paper the way that you want it? Estate planning is definitely uh, a financial planning issue. And I'm really, well, I'm not surprised, but uh, oftentimes when, when folks call the office and many who even come in to meet with us, uh, they have neglected uh, this part of planning. And You've been hearing that, Linda, for 25 years. People have been calling the office. Yeah, you for over ask, 30 years. <laughs> over 30 years. You've been hearing when you ask the question, uh, what about your wills? What Do about you your estate plan? And the answer so often, at least you've told me, is they're telling you no. And, and you know, many folks will say, well, we have some updated wills or our assets have really grown and we probably need to have a trust, but we just haven't taken the time. So if you're out there listening and uh, you're one of the folks that need some estate planning attention, uh, you want to work with a competent advisor that can help you design your estate plan and an, a competent estate planning attorney that can uh, draw up the documents and call us at Lewis Financial Management if you happen to be one of the folks that has an updated, has an outdated will and needs financial estate planning advice. And we'll be happy to meet with you, go over your situation, call us at the office, make an appointment. That number in Raleigh at Lewis Financial Management is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. And with just about 10 minutes left in the show, you could be the next caller. All you got to do is dial 919-860-9783. This is Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. Doug, you know, I also, you know, earlier when we were talking about fees, I wanted to give our listeners some homework. Ask yourself or go to your statements or ask your advisor, whoever's managing your portfolio and ask them how much did i pay you in fees in 2014 or how much am i paying you now in fees and or if you're not the one managing your finances ask your your husband or ask your wife how much did we pay in fees and take note of it lynn as we're coming into the last 10 minutes of the show i wanted to sort of like address something that has bothered me recently. There are a number of other radio programs out there that are masquerading as financial planning. And I want to alert the public that if you are hearing radio programs that say, call us, we will show you how you can have guaranteed income for life. You should understand that's an annuity salesperson selling you annuities. If you see an ad that says you need gold, gold is the thing for you, that's a gold salesman. 
Silver. Silver is the thing that will go ahead and solve all of your problems. All of these radio and television lures, they're, 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 the public should be alerted to them, uh, that that is not financial planning. That may masquerade, they may call themselves financial planners, but they are salespeople selling, if it's income for life, they're selling annuities. If it's gold, they're selling gold in one form or another. And I think the public needs to realize there is a true financial planning service that's out there. Uh, myself and many of my colleagues that are certified financial planners, we pride ourselves on not being salespeople trying to use the air as a push for products. Well, Doug, what's new in the world of investment planning? A lot of people don't know about Morningstar, and a lot of people do know about Morningstar, but whether you know about Morningstar or not, they are a very reputable publication source, and there was an article there about Portfolio Sprawl. Now, Portfolio Sprawl is very interesting, because personally, for every portfolio that I see that comes into my office, 90% of them have this sprawl. They might have 50 or 60 or even 100 individual holdings. Now, of course, over-diversification isn't the worst sin that can happen. Having too many holdings is not going to wreak havoc like under-saving will or overpaying or performance chasing. But still, the investor with too many holdings may have trouble figuring out asset allocations or knowing when or how to rebalance. And that was the article on Portfolio Sprawl. Having too many stocks and and too many funds can also compound the headaches for an investor's successors like a widow or widower or other loved ones who may have difficulty untangling the whole web. So, you know, Doug, it's it's no wonder that many investors hold multiple 401ks and multiple IRAs and rolling all of these orphan accounts into a single IRA can be a great way to clean up the mess. That's right. Not only will you be able to populate your IRA with nearly anything you like, but you'll also be able to to cut out all the administrative costs and the above-average fund fees that come along with some of the 401k plans. And it's very common after people have left one job or another to have an orphan 401k or a couple of them out there. Now, this portfolio sprawl uh, has different uh, uh, ways of looking at it. For example, holding assets in multiple silos, like a 401k, an IRA, and a taxable account, it's all but inevitable for most investors, but then you can multiply that problem by two if you're part of a married couple. So you've got an IRA, she's got an IRA. You've got a 401k, she's got a 401k. You've got a taxable account, she's got a taxable account. And so the problem gets more complicated. But you still can reduce the number of holdings in your portfolio and deal with this matter of portfolio sprawl and ensure that each is best of breed by just thinking of the entire set of accounts as one unified whole. So often in my office, you know, Linda, we say, think of it as if it's one pair of pants with three pockets, but it's still one pair of pants. It's all y'all's portfolio for your future. So... One thing not to do is don't focus exclusively on the trailing returns. That's right. That's a big problem. 
The market has rewarded risk-taking since it began to recover since early 2009, but by focusing disproportionately on investments with happy-looking trailing returns, especially over the past three years or five-year periods, investors can then inadvertently tilt their portfolios towards much higher risk. So to help avoid that that trap, you ought to make sure that your due diligence encompasses investments that have gone through 2008. We make sure that any investment that we recommend for our clients includes the 2008 returns. So I think the matter of portfolio sprawl was a good article. Morningstar did a good job on it, and I was very happy to see it. It is it is important that uh you know f- folks uh either get laid off or change jobs or get promoted or sometimes in some situations they're with the same company and all all of a sudden they're they're being uh not fired but uh they lose their job but then they're being rehired within the company you know they set up a different company and then they are still rehired Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always good to ask yourself, what are the questions I have as I'm going through this process? Because sometimes you can roll over your 401k into an IRA. And that's where working with a certified financial planner can be helpful to help you sor- sort out those questions. Right, Doug? Yeah. Many years ago when I. I was beginning my practice. I was invited to meet with Jonathan Clements, who has an article on a weekly basis in the Wall Street Journal. And he had an interesting article this week where he said that retirement, actually, you may need much less than you think in retirement. And so he went through the matter of the conventional wisdom. The point is that conventional wisdom is not a way to think about anything He says in his article that conventional wisdom says that you need retirement income equal to 80% of your final salary. And then he goes on to say there's a decent chance that you could happily retire with far less. And then he cited a couple of surveys and interviewed different people who said they're living on much less than 80% of their income that they had before retirement. Well, as I was reading his article, I was thinking, Jonathan... You're right, but you haven't given the solution. The solution is that percentages and surveys don't help you get any comfort. What you need is true need-based analysis from a certified financial planner, which is what we do in our office. Everything is need-based. We start with what are your needs? What are your living expense needs today? What will your living expense needs be? We asked us we, we, to go through the process, and then on the basis of this need, all the answers flow from there. We're not just looking at surveys. And so, Jonathan, I think you did a good job pointing out the problem, but the solution is call Lewis Financial Management, and we will help you solve the problem. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah 
in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com and listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF.